0: I yeah, see this Saturday Night Live sketch. I don't watch. I don't watch TV, but I, I rarely watch Saturday Night Live. But this, this was so good.
1: Sorry, since you're at my home, can I just get your name and your badge yeah. number, please? I have a card here. Okay, it's Erica Ingram. Thank okay. you. And this is just some information about peaceful protests. That's all it is. Okay, so you saw something on my Facebook? No, on the Facebook <clears group. <clears <throat> okay. And decided to come to my personal residence to give me information about peaceful protest? Yes. Okay, so are the Peterborough police, no, you're with OPP? We're OPP. Um, are you guys now monitoring people's Facebook pages or Facebook groups to who comments as to what they're. Um, uh status updates are or what they're doing or within the group. Just like because of the protests happening province wide. Yes, we have been monitoring the protests.
0: Oh, it's so good. That's not a joke. It's not the onion. It it happened this past summer, but now it's not just that. Here in the United States <laughs> there's a person you're not allowed to mention.
1: The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma technocrats and tyrants everywhere.
0: Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. I sure appreciate Soda Weight Loss. I got another unbelievably kind note from a, a member of the podcast family who has begun with Soda Weight Loss at 31 pounds of fat, unwanted fat from her body said that she has not weighed this little since high school and didn't think it was possible. So to weightloss.com. There is a name of a man I've never met. And I have listeners who enjoy his program. He's wildly successful. We've played more of him on the podcast lately, particularly since he's being accused, um, quite wrongly, by the way, of leading the coup and, and being tied to the insurrection and yeah, despite the fact that there were people there who had guns, there was. There's a guy there had guns. He's got 15 years, had a gun. He took zip ties in, and his intent was to take members of Congress out, handcuffed, and stop the process. He's, he's going to go to prison. There's also a 60-some-year-old a grandma with cancer who walked around the rotunda Uh, doing nothing but walking around the rotunda, she's going to be in jail for 60 days. Uh, But if you're the staff of a comedian, then eight members of what's his name? Stephen, I can't remember his name. I can't stand Hollywood. His staff, oh, they're fine. we're not going to press charges against them. So Alex Jones, we played the audio. He led people away from the Capitol. Don't go there. Don't go. Confront the cops. Don't go there. They're going to make this the story. We've played the audio. So I will say out front that I lost interest in learning about Alex Jones when it came to what I understand to be his claim that the shooting in um, in the kindergartners was a false flag event and didn't happen. Now, I may need to go listen to that to hear what Jones said completely now in, in light of what I'm learning about our government and what they're willing to do. And by the way, the reason that that was such a big thing for me is I lost a friendship over that. And there was a guy I'd been friends with in business for a decade and we'd helped each other out a lot. And I, I, I considered him a really brilliant, well, he's still brilliant, uh, but considered him a, gr- a good friend. His mom was one of the teachers there. During that shooting and she shielded her kids and hid in a um, art cupboard. So his mom just about lost his, her life in that. So I know that was a real thing because there's not a chance that Brian just decided to lie to me that, oh yeah, by the way, my mom's in this. But the censorship and the threats, like we just played from Canada, this has never been about Alex Jones, but the Alex Jones move was a brilliant move. It was the opening over the Overton window. It was the case one, patient zero for censorship. And and I said it at the time, but the target's not Jones, it's you, but the target isn't even really you. The target is discernment. The the, the target is skepticism. The target is our ability to apply reasoning outside of what the party dictates to be the path. Censorship is the behavioral kill shoots enforcer. And this is how they're using it. You look at a series of behavioral kill shoots. Our two, Zach Abraham, is scheduled to join us. We'll talk about the behavioral kill shoot towards electric vehicles. They're obviously, 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 obviously trying to raise the price of fossil fuels. And they've been saying that behind closed doors for two decades. Now they're just turning it up because they're tired. Remember what we play on the air? Why don't we just blow it up? Well, they're blowing up that system because they're tired of us holding onto our vehicles this long, they don't like it. That doesn't turn over quickly enough for them. They need more revenues. They don't like the fact that they don't own the advertising in our cars, that they can't sell our location data. The government hates the fact that they can't just turn our cars off whenever they want, or, or simply turn off the grid. They hate these things. They hate the fact that we can drive where we want, when we want, they hate it. So instead of building is taking all the cars away and making everybody, you know, be shipped around on trains, they're going to turn our cars into a great big national railroad. And you can sometimes go where you want to go when you want to go. But oftentimes the party will say, no, you're going to need to pick up three other people if you want to travel during that period of time, period. And they'll put cars out of range for everybody but the rich financially. And the censorship is a way to get there. So banning debates about climate is a way to get there. The mRNA injections, banning debates about early treatment was a way to force everybody down the mRNA kill shoot, which is a literal kill shoot for maybe eventually 100 million people. A literal kill shoot, not just a behavioral kill shoot. We see the over-reliance on, on, on federal dollars to get into college. College has been driven up to a point of being so utterly expensive that the majority of people, the vast majority, can never do it without a loan. And then what does the government do? Under Obamacare. This was with Obamacare. They came and seized the college loan business, except for one state. That was the Corn Husker kickback where Nebraska residents didn't have to use federal backing for their college loans. So that's a seizing of college. That's the federal government taking over college. Look, if you run the finances, you make the decisions. And the behavioral kill shoot was long ago created that you have to go to college to be in a profession. Well, they're changing that in Arizona, which I love. That They're saying you don't have to be a college uh, graduate to be a teacher. And I see the the leftists, you know, oh, it's anti-science. It's hatred. Really? Um, How about this? What if you are Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, and you have an opportunity to teach an entrepreneurialism class? You think Greg could teach a class on being an entrepreneur, having built the biggest fitness company in the world ever by a long shot? Yeah, and there's a lot of other things people like Greg can lecture on and teach that teachers don't know. So there's been this behavioral kill shoot. Oh, you want to be a lawyer? You have to go to law school. What if I just passed the law, law school acceptance test on my own, LSAT on my own? No, no, no. What if I passed the bar? No. So it's all about behavioral kill shoots. And further and further and further, the behavior that they want to kill is skepticism. The behavior that they want to kill is um, examining things spiritually. Think of this. People who do not believe that we have an active father God in our life, people who've had that reality stolen from them, people bereft of a biblical point of view, don't know that the Lord invites us to give things to him intellectually too. Right, making decisions intellectually, devoid of prayer, big decisions. It's like not seeking the ultimate counsel, and that counsel is always available. So it's not surprising to me that uh, well, it is. I have to admit, it is surprising to me because I tend to think that I've read all things, which is a great bit of human pride. I should I should repent of. I didn't know. I I, I had no idea uh, how occultic. Uh, Margaret Sanger's life was, the the founder of Planned Parenthood, or as she called it, the Negro Project. I I had no idea that in all likelihood, she was sexually molested by her truly sick, necromancing father beginning at age nine. I I didn't know this about her. I I didn't know that, 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 that she ran in occult circles. Well, I guess now I wonder how long have they been suppressing information or rather, how long have we been taught to say, oh, well, if it says demonic, well, that's clearly not true because there's you know, no active God. Therefore, there's no demonic nature and, and the devil's a myth. And well, it's it's not. So as we go through this, I invite us to realize as well that because our, our enemies are not flesh and blood, but they're spirits and principalities. If we don't consider spirits and principalities when we're looking at our, our life happenings or we're looking at challenges that we have, if we don't look at that or prayerfully consult God, the, the Word, the Holy Spirit on this, well then we're just choosing to say to God, I don't need you when I'm when I'm dealing with with truly evil forces. I'll handle it on my own. And, and God God could look at that and go, really? Wow, That's never worked for anybody but but maybe you're the special one who can handle this stuff on your own without me. Okay, try that out, America. Try that out, America. You feel me? The reason I wanted to do this episode is I have been reading a site for some time called unheard.com, U-N-H-E-R-D. And they have a fascinating interview. Uh, with a woman who has a film out about Alex Jones. That's why I mentioned Alex at the top of all this. But as I was prepping for this show, this happened. So I'm thinking I'm going to talk more about censorship, but in this way that it's an attack on skepticism and, and particularly in taking things to the Lord or taking every thought captive to Christ. Like if we're just, you know, just, just threatening to behaving like little robots, we're not going to stop and, and say, Father, I need to take this to you. I need you to, to help me understand this. So I'm, I'm prepping for the show. I see this new footage of Ray Epps. And this comes right after The New York Times decided to promote Ray Epps, to, to, be, um, to, to fluff him, as it were. And I, so I'm alert to this. Wow, I haven't seen this footage. I need to see this footage. Gladly, I recorded it as I watched it because right after I recorded it. As soon as President Trump has finished speaking, we are going to the Capitol in that direction. That's where our true problems lie. President Trump is done speaking. We are going to the Capitol. That's where our problems <laughs> lie. Okay, boy. We need your
1: help. As soon as President Trump stops speaking, we are going to the Capitol. The Capitol's in that direction. Let people know. Spread the word.
0: Now, remember, this is a guy who told the New York Times he and his son—was uh, it his son? It, it was. It's he he went to go watch uh, President Trump speak, except he never it never made any effort to hear President Trump speak. All his effort was about getting people to the Capitol. Uh, Ray Epps, in my judgment, is either a Fed or was paid by the Feds to do this. He is in no way, shape, matter, idea, faction, or form believable as a victim. And the New York Times said as much in their documentary about J6. They said as much. But when they come around and the change, nope, that's it. Hands off Epps. Hands off Epps. You know, what I see in that politically is someone from the White House calling and saying, we need your help. We've got to get the heat off Ray Epps. And you need to issue a story that will put on notice the rest of the media that Ray Epps is untouchable. That's what they did. So I grabbed this video and I'm sitting at the kitchen counter, which is where I usually do my show prep early in the morning. I'm sitting at the kitchen counter. I record the video. I go back to Twitter, which is where I found it, to get the link. I refresh because it's not there. It's gone, it's disappeared. Later, I found out that the account was deleted. That fast. They hadn't been doing this as much recently, but they did it when they first uh, when they first rolled out the Great Reset with the COVID hoax, the 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 lockdown, the need for the lockdown hoax. You know, they were viciously doing this. It was incredibly entertaining sometimes doing the radio show because my friend and and dear friend and brother Alex, uh, overall former producer. There would be mornings where, where Alex would have to chase through the platforms to find a video. Uh, it's gone from Twitter. I'll look on Facebook. It's gone from Facebook. I'll work on. And finally, we'd have to turn to like, um, we often could get it at bit shoots. They don't really, they're, they're very good on free speech and don't delete things. So we would go grab it there and then they'd be, oh, it's a copyright issue. There is a desperation here, and this is why I said in the top of the show that I I, I firmly believe that God is messing with these people in the biggest way. They can't stop this. They can't stop us from seeing these things, and they're also, and I beg you, I beg you, honestly, I beg you. To understand that when people see things being censored, they want more of it. It is a human desire. The party, this is, is something they can't adjust for. That's why they label things conspiracy theories. That's why they take conspiracy theory and racism and roll them into one. That's why they say watching content that questions um, transgender ideology makes you transphobic, which is the same thing as racism. So they don't even try to debate the content or critique the content. They simply say, this is the label that will live on you. If you even watch this stuff, if you even seek it out. So they're were the dynamic that people want to get behind the velvet rope. Hey, that's not for you. Well, then I want it even more. But the degree to which this bears out true in relation to this documentary about Jones, Alex Jones, is remarkable. And the documentary itself is not yet released. It's coming up, but from everything I've read about it and when I've listened to the uh, director talk and and the producers, etc., they didn't go into this to promote Alex Jones and they didn't go into this to hurt Alex Jones. They went into this to say, look, here's Alex Jones. Here's Alex Jones, uh divorced man, father. Here's Alex Jones, very successful entrepreneur, super successful broadcaster. I remember when Alex started on, on YouTube, back when YouTube was an infant, infant platform. I remember the first Alex Jones video I saw was, he was saying that these are FEMA caskets behind a fence. And later FEMA came out and said, actually, these are this. And I remember watching that thinking, wow, this guy's taking a run at this. He's kind of crazy. Then he was showing up at places as the bullhorn. I thought, wow, this, he's, he's making this happen. And it was way, way back then. So they're looking at Alex Jones, in, 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 she says entertainer, or looking at Alex Jones opinionist, or she calls him sometimes a performer. I think Alex Jones has occasionally, like in divorce court said, I play a role. I, I, this is what I do. I play a role. They talk about Alex Jones, political activist. So they're taking the entire Jones person, persona reality to the degree that they can get there. And by the way, Alex Jones participated in this, as my understanding. So, and he's certainly savvy enough in relation to media to know what he's doing. He, he, uh, has, he's savvy enough to be far more successful than most people in, in modern media, honestly. Uh, particularly the Mockingbird media. He has a greater influence, a far larger influence than the Mockingbird media in individual channels I should say. So it makes me want to seek him out makes me want to watch the content for myself now. but this is what they don't want us to do is to take that step and it, it is just it's it's whiplashed on them. So you hear some of the words of the producer of this program of this of this uh, documentary about Jones. Her name is Alex Lee Moyer. we'll talk to uh, well, you, you'll hear from her from the unheard piece. But then some other things that play into this, don't you dare be skeptical. Don't you dare use reasoning. And I invite us as we listen to this to really together try to consult the Holy Spirit, try to compare this to God's word and God's intent for us. (sighs) Man, I am constantly just blown away by you and what you do for this program. I am just knocked out. (laughs) I got a note from Randy um, who makes our t-shirts and you can get these at the toddhermanshow.com at the top of the uh, website there, there's a a link to the store and there is a cool picture. In fact, we need to put this picture up on um, in the show notes. It's my friend. um, He's a listener to the program and I met him uh, last year. He's a law enforcement officer and, and um, had been in the Army's combat guy. And he, he took a picture in his T-shirt in his jujitsu gym. So, so I get a note. This is the Todd Herman Show T-shirts. Say the only knee we take is to the Lord. I got a note from Randy who runs the T-shirt place saying, okay, so maybe you guys failed to tell me that you're going to start talking about the T-shirts, but there's a lot of sales coming in. I just want to thank you for this. Uh, it is another way to promote the program, and it's the best possible way outside of simply hitting the share button on the podcast app to promote the program. Wearing these t-shirts around is a is a conversation starter. You wear these around conservative friends, and someone asks you about it. Should you please let me know if you say, yeah, I listened to the podcast by the guy I used to fill in for Rush, God rest Rush, Todd Herman. Please tell me if people say, oh, my gosh, I didn't know he had a podcast because most people don't, but we're finding out when people learn about it, they do convert and start downloading the programs. The shirts, there's only two. This is (laughs) based on what I learned from Randy this morning in the little panicked text. It really is going to be a limited run. So this is the second run. The first one was at the live event in Bothell. A thousand went out the door in that night, or roughly a thousand. Second bite at the apple is right now. And then I guess we'll have to re-up with more t-shirts. It's the toddhermanshow.com The shirts say the only knee we take is to the Lord on the front. On the back, very subtly it says the Toddhermanshow.com. So just go to the toddhermanshow.com click on the store link. And thank you, thank you, folks who've already purchased those. I appreciate you very much. This is from unheard.com, and I am going to subscribe to their site. Uh, The work, the effort they put into this is worthy of hire. Someone said that the other day. I thought that sounded really classy. It's worthy of hire. I like that. Alex Lee Moyer spoke with unheard.com about her new film.
1: We always anticipated a, a little bit of turbulence releasing this film. I mean, even from the very beginning uh we were lucky enough at least to secure it on the major streaming platforms and so we were thinking okay well maybe this is going to go a little bit more smoothly than we'd anticipated and um so we started our rollout of the release of the film on like you said i mean you pretty much put it in a nutshell already um but what happened was on the first day we you know released our trailer uh and it did explosive numbers on twitter um, it did fairly well on Instagram, um, but then it sort of flatlined um, afterwards in the analytics. But essentially, uh, the word was got kind of squashed, or you know, or so they thought. It's one thing to uh, deplatform Alex Jones, but should we deplatform anyone from even discussing Alex Jones? So. You know, it's a it's it sort of puts forth an interesting precedent, and it's sort of unfolding as we go here.
0: And and the issue with deplatforming Alex Jones, it this proves this was never about Jones. It was an an opening of the Overton window, and they were just saying, let's find the most infamous person in media and let's deplatform him. They tried it with Rush, and and Rush was. Um, I don't I'm not saying this to insult Jones, but but Rush had a far bigger base in in media. I mean, 30 million people a week. It was a massive base, very difficult to pull off. And they tried that. So they, they took Jones on and they came out and opened the Overton window to say it is okay to do this because we have to protect the people. And now we see that with that grab, we can analyze what are we really being protected from with Alex Jones? Because let me ask you this, and I know there's there's because I get emails from people saying, you should go on Alex's show. And what I say is, hey, if Alex Jones invited me on a show, yeah, are you kidding me? i dive at the opportunity to go be on, uh, on a show that size. Absolutely. Um, and so I know that there's people who listen to my show and they listen to Alex's. I don't anticipate if I start to dig into Alex Jones show that I'm going to get in there thinking I will agree with everything Alex Jones says. I anticipate I would go watch some of Alex's stuff and say, wow, that's so far out there. I don't believe that. And it might cause me to do some research. There's the problem. There's the problem. This is an email I got from a listener. Um, in look, let me look at the months and do the math. The sixth month of the lockdown, the, the 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 country had been in a targeted, politically targeted, medically useless, deadly, partial lockdown of churches, schools, and small businesses for six months. And this is the Alex Jones phenomena applied to me, which is what they fear with Jones. Dear Todd, I owe you an apology. When you first took over for Ben Shapiro, I found you insufferably arrogant and rude. I listened from time to time because I'm a fan of KTTH. I tried to give you the benefit of the doubt, but found your insistence and insistent tone to be grating and quite honestly offensive. I thought it would warm to you over time. And I didn't. The reason I'm writing today is I owe you an urgent apology. When our world was thrust into the deep waters, so much of what you said came back to me. And I realized that your insistent tone was actually an urgent tone. I watched my city taken over by Antifa. And I remember you debating a local Republican politician about the existence of Antifa. And you said something along the lines of, I'll have you back on when they burn our city down and we'll see what you think then. At the time, as I listened to that, I was furious that you would treat an elected representative that way. As I sit here now, I am ashamed that I somehow assumed that the Republican in office knew more than you. I don't want to shine your shoes or tell you that you know everything. But when you began to dig through the facts behind COVID, I thought there is no way this can be anything other than radio performance but you mentioned something on the history of upper respiratory viruses and how lockdowns do not work and a paper written by the team that supported Dr. Tony Fauci. Then you put that up on the KTTH website in an article and you linked to 25 other sources. I was flabbergasted. I'd thought of you as part performance artist, part shock jock, And part rude man. As I listen back to your programs now, it's funny. I no longer hear the rudeness. I hear someone insistent that we listen. Now that I've begun to tune into your show more often, I see that you've turned your face to God and I do sense a softening in you. So honestly, the way you deliver the content is now more appealing to me. But the hard edge is still there, but I see it now as someone trying desperately to communicate facts to people who choose not to listen. I owe you this apology. One day I hope to meet you in person and give you a hug or a handshake, depending on your level of comfort. Love you. Love your show. Yours in God, Jewel. That's the phenomena. That's the scariness. Jones, I'm going I'm, to, I'm going to guess because I'm not going to pretend to have ever exposed myself to Jones work. Aside from, aside from, I was driving back from Reno, Nevada. Um, I spoke at an event way back in the big data days uh, in Reno, Nevada. And I was driving over the mountains to fly home. I had to fly to Sacramento and there was this radio show on. Satellite radio, and it was so top-notch. And the production, I just kept thinking about how great the production sounded and all of the various voices and topics. And then they went to a break and it was Alex Jones. I thought, oh, okay, this is Alex. Fascinating. And I turned it up. I'd never heard him, but I didn't get to hear him. That's the danger here. Is that Alex is willing to say things other people won't say. Now, sometimes I'm going to bet I'll tune into the show and say, wow, that's fantastical. That that didn't happen. Like in the case of the school shooting. Like I I know that happened. I know it for a fact, for a very sad fact, because I lost a friendship over it because I wouldn't come off my position on guns because I had to say to Brian, "I'm, I'm sorry, my guns didn't do this. No gun did this. And of course, he was dealing with nearly having lost his mother and now dealing with a mother who is shell-shocked forever. She watched children murdered. But when you're willing to say things other people won't, and you're right sometimes, what happens when you're right most of the time, but you say it in ways it ought not be said? What happens when you're willing to get out ahead of something? I recently saw a post from a friend of mine in radio saying And it was about COVID. If you'd said this six months ago, you would have had your account banned. And I just about wrote back to this friend and said, or a friend of yours in radio would have called you a conspiracy theorist because you did. And I choose to maintain the friendship because he's a good person. What they do not want are people willing to say things that ought not be said. What they cannot have are light bringers, even on non-religious issues. And incidentally, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a secular issue. They're killing skepticism. And the Lord had said, take all things captive to Christ. We'll continue to hear more uh, from this filmmaker and her experiences, including what happened to their Google accounts and the the, the turn on this. I love the turn on this, what what they're trying to do and and failing at. Nothing better for a career than getting censored sometimes. In uh, hour two, we're going to be joined by our friend, Zach Abraham. Bulwark Capital Management, he's the chief investment officer there. And I don't know how much of what Zach says should not be said. Um, in fact, I don't think he says anything that shouldn't be said, but he's a truth teller and he's, he's not, you know, Zach has a radio show called knowyourriskradio.com. He has to be so very careful out of respect for the fact that his role in building the kingdom is stewarding people's money. That's a very serious topic. He has to be super, super careful because, um, people will take his words and say, oh, I understand that. And then they'll go try it on their own. But, but Zach's the first to say, Hey, there's a lot to this. You know, that's one of the reasons that we he he's urgently reminds people when we read questions from, from the audience for him, hey, I can't give specific investment advice because he just ha- he takes that very, very seriously. And, and that said though, he speaks so very honestly about for instance inflation. this has been his bugaboo for a decade. This is coming. it's unavoidable. They set up the system unless they blow it up. we're going to get it. It's here now and he's been consistent. He's been consistent about, hey you cannot. Cannot continue to do zero interest rate loans without having this happen. He's been consistent on wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to convert this entire country um, into uh, the only cars sold by 2035 are electric vehicles, but you're not going to upgrade the grid. A, that's not going to work. B, if you somehow make that happen, it's going to be because you need all, you need copper, you need metal, you need steel, you need silicon in order to make that happen. And so he's looking at that saying, and somehow you guys aren't buying this stuff. Why is Buffett buying it? See, it's this sort of thinking that is imbued throughout their risk management strategy. And he's the first to tell you, sure, they've rigged the financial system. Absolutely, they've rigged it. And it's an ungodly thing to rig a financial system. And it's a system that we have. So here's how to play within it. The spotlight for me is this moment, guys. The closer you are to retirement, the riskier it is. It's just like walking out on a branch. Man, you walk out on a branch next to the tree, you're fine. You get about five feet out. The more the closer you get to the tip of that branch, well, the closer you are to finally enough it's gonna hold the risk management strategy. Five to 10 years out from retirement is a must-have to get in touch with Bulwark Capital Management at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. You can go to knowyourriskradio.com and contact them there as well. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor, representative of Chuck Financial, LLC, and SEC-registered investment advisor. So when you see something on social media flatline, that's, that's, that, that just means it stopped and it stopped across platforms. Now, not everything continues to build forever, but when you see something go viral, there's sort of a predictable path of virality, right? It's going to continue to grow and then taper off. That's not what happened. It flatlined, boom, dead and across the platforms because the platforms are one platform. They're they're separate companies, but they've got one boss. The party is the boss. And the boss has one goal. We will not feature voices that say things that are not to be said, that get out front of things, such as the pattern recognition that we do on the show. We did it with transgender ideology. That's why a decade ago, I said, you wait until this garbage takes hold. You wait until the sweeps the country. And I remember saying at the time, when parents wake up 10 years from now and they realize what's been done to their kids, they're, they're, gonna, they're gonna mourn and scream in agony. And that's happening. God gives us this, the ability to say, what is a godly leader like? Is Joe Biden a godly leader? What does, What does God promise to provide us? Everything we need. What is the party doing? Limiting it. They're creating shortage. How does the Lord tell us to treat one another? It's very clear. How are we being treated? It's not even that hard of a problem. When we compare it to the modeling of Christ, we can look at this and go, these are ungodly people. Now, is there degrees of ungodliness? No. You're with God or you're against God. There's degrees of evil. So this is the filmmaker, Alex Lee Mayer, talking again about the experience. And this time, what happened with Google?
1: Well, it's slippery, right? It's it's not also out in the open. When these entities are sort of rebuffing you from sh- from sharing your work about controversial topics. And by the way, I made another film before this film that kind of ran into some of the same sort of obstacles, although not at this scale. So, um people don't just come out and say all the time, oh, this is because Alex Jones and you're being deplatformed. The they usually kind of make up a demure sort of excuse, or in the case of like, you know, Google, for instance, who refused to let us take out any ad space. At one point we called them and were able to get in touch with the support and they put us on hold and then they just hung up the phone. And then when we called back, we got an automated message. And then shortly afterwards, Our producer found that his uh, professional uh, Google account, his uh, to buy ad space had been uh, permanently suspended for hateful behavior for trying to buy ad space um, on Google.
0: So he's done. Guys, we're not allowed to buy Facebook ads. Now, it's not like I'm jumping up and down to give Mark Zuckerberg money, but it is a fantastic platform. Let me tell you how fantastic the platform could be. When we started the podcast, it would have been possible for us at, at, at a time to be able to put ads in front of everybody who'd ever liked Rush's website, God rest him, or the KTTH website. No, you can't, you don't get to buy ads. Uh, your show is, uh, it's, it's, uh, you, you're, it's a political activity. No, it's it's a talk show. No, it's political advocacy. It's, it's election advocacy. Then you can't let any show advertise. When you are willing to say things that other people will not say and say them in ways that so threatens the party, they're going to find ways to contain you. They think they're going to find ways to contain you. And there are people who truly walk the edge. And sometimes it's successful, completely deplatformed. And guess what? They're still reaching people. And I don't think God wants a world where the party gets to stomp out speech. Because again, if you compare this, the apostles wouldn't have been able to do what they did if God let speech be just completely shut down. He doesn't allow it. Because speech, I think, is a sacred thing to him. He gave us words. And then the turn... (laughs) Here's what didn't happen in this attempt to shut down this film.
1: They're not owned by particularly the same parent company, but they are using the same reasons to suppress your film. You know what it is? A lot of people just want to take the high road. And it's just much easier to say, you know what? We don't really know what this is. And we don't really know who made it. And it's the risk to reward ratio is not so great for some companies, right? I mean, obviously when it comes to, to you know, these entities with massive influence that like run the world practically like Google, that's where we should be more concerned. When it comes to the fact that we can't even get, you know, a review written or even an announcement of our, um, of, of our production in a Hollywood rag, that's a little bit more understandable because it's like, well, what have they got to gain from it? Ironically enough, The film now has reached uh, number two on the iTunes pre-sale chart next to Top Gun. So despite all of these efforts, you know, there's obviously a massive demand for people who want to see uh, content that's uh, culturally relevant and um, authentic.
0: And she's exactly right. And it didn't work. And here's the authentic part. That's what they hate. They want the scripted. And this i notice constantly on Twitter. I notice this constantly. If I go on Twitter and attack a Democrat, oh, Twitter lets it fly. And if it's an R versus D thing, but I talk COVID or I talk trans ideology or I talk about the party or I talk about Klaus Schwab, that's shut down. I love watching it. Is it godly to hide debate? The Are these godly actions we take these things to the Lord and we've discovered no they're not. but when we don't have the spiritual realm uh, against which to compare things, we're absolutely impoverished. Because we're left thinking to our own devices and we're left thinking that they can win. That's the most tragic thing here is that we're left thinking they can win. They can't. They could shut down all of human speech if they somehow figured out how to do that. And God Almighty still watches it and still sees every detail hidden and unhidden. Hide hide into the darkest place. He sees it. Oh, and there are things in the dark places that they are trying to hide. I'm just reading about Germany. Germany has been forced to admit that, oh, look at this. Um, Yeah, hundreds of thousands of people have had bad, severe side effects following the mRNA injections. Hundreds of thousands of people in Germany. Uh, Compare that against the United States. Uh, Republicans demand answers about the secret effort to transport illegal immigrants to get abortions. (laughs) They're not hiding it. It's It's not successful for them. I was, I had a conversation today with, um, a younger man happens to be someone I, I talk to a lot these days and I really enjoy the conversations. And this is, I love this sort of brotherhood. I love it. He says to me, how's your, uh, how's your eating? Like, what's a typical day of eating for you? So we talked about the various benefits of beef. Is it grass fed? It's grass fed, right? I mean, you do grass fed beef and no higher nutrient value than that. than these, right. And I communicate the fish that I eat and the, and the sushi that I eat and and what takes me off track and and we just we just had this conversation. Now, honestly, that sounds really geeky to you. I don't blame you, like, Herman. You are probably the worst conversationalist outside of the show who could ever exist. If you talk to me for three seconds about fish, I'm leaving. I find it fascinating, and here's why. So much of what is around your middle. Or your hips or your your buttocks it's a fancy way of saying your bottom uh the fat that you don't want man it was purchased there <laughs> have you read about the history of the food pyramid truly this is like one guy well uh, we need people to eat more grain Okay, well, I'll make a food pyramid and I'll put grain at the, I'll put grain at the base. It should actually be inverted. We should be having lean meats and fishes in the bottom. And it's inverted. And now, do you know that there is, this is a true thing. There is a federal government, like FDA, CDC type thing, where they get paid to put cheese in food. This is true. To find places to hide cheese. So, you know, like the uh, burrito? what's that called? It's, it's, a, it's a, like a taco time thing where the shell is actually cheese. And then there's the new pizzas. I don't know how new they are because they don't have TV because they don't see the ads. But where they they, in, they put, they, they shot cheese into the entire crust. And it took like a, a you know, 4,000 calorie pizza and made it a 16,000 calorie pizza. There's a federal government agency that gets paid to do that. And the scientists in there, they're scientists, not, not, not chefs. They get paid a rake on the amount of cheese they can put into your mouth in a year. They want to like quadruple the amount of cheese the Americans eat. And it's like the diabetes industry. Oh, that's Weird. So one of the reasons I talk about these things and I find it so fascinating is when I began the process of losing 150 pounds of unwanted fat from my body, how my body said, dear God in heaven, thank you. Dear God, thank you for liking, uh, actually liking to eat spinach and peppers and vegetable juices. And yeah, I actually like my raw tuna. Thank you very much. And my homemade hummus like that too. When my daughter makes it. It's soda Weight Loss, guys. It is a way to get outside the party's clutches as it relates to your body. SOTAweightloss.com. S-O-T-A Loss.com. It stands for state of the art because they are. I got this uh, email from this. He didn't want to put his name on it, but he works for the Secretary of State. Um, who is now, he's, he's the, he got to be Secretary of State because Kim Wyman in Washington State, who turned out to be pretty mobbed up left to go be uh, work for the Biden regime because that's, that's good, solid stuff. A Republican working for Biden. That means she was a pretty solid conservative. Secretary of State Steve Hobbs, the Office of Secretary of State Electoral Divisions and the University of Washington Center for an Informed Public will be hosting an in-person roundtable to discuss likely false narratives surrounding the 2022 elections in Washington State they're going to give us a preview of what we're going to say as to why we don't trust the elections incidentally the center for the informed public in in washington state at the university of washington are still saying that the uh, that the mrna injections stop transmission and infection they're still saying it they're, they're still saying this but they're going to come and talk to us about conspiracy theories and 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 the likely <laughs> Uh, the likely false narratives, they're, they're predicting that. But again, when, you, when we predict things, well, you don't know that. That's a conspiracy theory. See, they, 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 now they're trying to get out ahead. It's, it's pre-conspiracy. It's like thought crime, pre-crime. This stuff is so effective. Prior, how do I want to say this? I had a conversation with my pastor when I started to fancy the idea of like, hey, maybe I can be a pastor. And now I realize there's a long time between then and now, now and then, I should say. And I was talking to my pastor. And he said to me, you remind me of a stage in my life. God is letting you see the spiritual world. Really? He goes, yep. Because, you know, we've got our home sphere, we've got our church sphere, we've got our work sphere. Outside of that, then, is this spiritual sphere. He's letting you see kind of things that are going on in there. That's why you're feeling differently about things. Prior to that conversation, if I'd read about the demonic origins of Planned Parenthood, part one, a Darwinian sex cult, And the demonic origins of Planned Parenthood part two, channeling dark spirits, sacrificing children. I would have looked at that and said, you know what? If I'm bored one night when I have the flu, I'll go to YouTube and and go down the rat hole and just entertain myself with that. But now I'm really thinking about this. It's no longer safe and rare. It was never safe for the baby. It's no longer reluctant. They're not anymore Interested in pretending that this is a reluctant thing. This is a joyful thing. This is a celebration of death. And as we begin to think about who hates babies, who could glorify this? Well, thinking biblically, consulting the Bible, wow people did this a lot more so much so that it was outlawed. and yet the uh, Jewish people fell back into it sometimes. Wow. see the magical thinking of the modern person is yeah but pff, come on man they were this that's that's a long time ago and people in history were stupid because they didn't have iPhones plus no ESPN. Listen to this quote, please. How are we to breed a race of thoroughbreds unless we follow the same plan? We must make this country into a garden of children instead of a disorderly backlot with uh, overrun with human weeds. Alex Jones. No. Margaret Sanger. This is a piece from The Stream, which is an organization I trust, Uh, J. Wesley Richards, who I've met and worked with and consider to be a very good godly man, helps run this and writes there. Um, This is a piece by John Zimbach. Now, most pro-lifers know that Margaret Singer was a noisy, obnoxious racist. She believed in the Darwinist offshoot eugenics and agreed with Darwin himself that there's a hierarchy of the races. Like him, she thought that the, quote, higher races would and should eliminate the, quote, lower ones. She spread this message among the WASP elites and at Ku Klux Klan rallies. She worked closely with a leading Nazi eugenicist who'd run a concentration camp in Africa and experimented on black prisoners of war. After decades of pro-lifers repeating such facts, Sanger's own organization, Planned Parenthood, was forced to throw Sanger under the bus. Hillary Clinton will likely be the last presidential candidate to receive the Margaret Sanger Award. Even the clinic Sanger founded in lower Manhattan has removed her name from its door and no longer sits at the Margaret Sanger place. The left has gotten the memo. Some pro-lifers know more. They realize that Sanger's embrace of fashionable scientific racism wasn't at the heart of her ideology. Instead, it was something of a fig leaf to cover what she really cared about, which was total sexual libertinism. I wrote about this way back in 2008, drawing on the source book, Blessed Are the Barren. I revealed that her worldview was borrowed from the Marquis de Sade's Gnostic pansexualism. Gnostics, you say? Well, my goodness gracious, the Gnostics hated the human body. Look at that. So, oh, well, that's, we're past that. We've got iPhones. Continuing, Sanger used socially acceptable racism to make contraception contraception acceptable to a society at which the time thought only prostitutes would use it. Sanger tapped into the tribal panic of nativist Americans at the influx of Catholic and Jewish immigrants and the, quote, threat of emancipated blacks as a powerful documentary, um, MAFA 21, Black Genocide Demonstrates in Detail. Other writers dug a little deeper. Benjamin Weicker in the Irreplaceable Ten Books That Screwed Up the World unearthed the mystical vision that lay behind Sanger's pseudoscience. He documents in that book that Sanger treasured a messianic fantasy of human progress that that lay just around the corner. We could transform our entire species and become like gods in an earthly paradise if only we unleashed the vast sexual energies that currently were repressed by outmoded morality and dead religions. Here's a representative quote quoting Sanger uh, through Sanger's work. Hidden in the common stuff of humanity lies buried this power of self-expression. Modern science is teaching us that genius is not some mysterious gift of the gods, some treasure conferred upon individuals chosen by chance. Rather, due to the removal of psychological and um, physiological and psychological inhibitions and constraints which makes possible the release of the channeling of primordial inner energies of man into full and divine expression. Guys, that's sex cult talk. The removal of these inhibitions, so science assures us, science as, as an all-in, science assures us, makes possible more rapid and profound perceptions, so rapid indeed that they seem to the ordinary human being practically instantaneous or intuitive. The quantities of genius are therefore qualities lacking in the common reservoir of humanity that rather the unimpeded release and direction of powers latent in all of us She goes on to describe how birth control and abortion give us spiritual powers. (laughs) Why did they sacrifice babies? To get spiritual powers. Further than the piece, by the time we get to Sanger's finale, that sex has become her God, her idol, her religion... Interest in the vague sentimental fantasies of extramundane existence or in pathological or hysterical flights from the realities of earthliness will have through atrophy disappeared. For in that drawn men and women will have come to the realization always suggested that here close at hand is our paradise, our everlasting abode, our heaven and our eternity, not by leaving it and our essential humanity behind us, nor by sighing to be anything but what we are. Shall we ever become ennobled or immortal, not for women only, but for all humanity is the field where we must seek the secret of eternal life. This is a woman describing all in sexual perversion as the key to eternal life. She didn't get there accidentally. It was done to her. Now, who is the father of lies? Who cannot make or invent, but can only twist and distort. In the second piece, they go into the spooky, horrible, probable molestation of Sanger that she herself wrote about. She had been in bed with typhoid fever when her father she woke up to find her father pressed against her. She was nine. And she wrote about it as a sexual awakening. We are in an era with all sorts of iPhones and all sorts of knowledge and all sorts of temptation. The name of the tree in the Garden of Eden was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge. If we don't have anything against which to measure the knowledge, we will end up just as bad as the scientists who are saying, well, we can put pig, women, or pig wombs in men. Why don't we? Well, we can use mosquitoes to distribute an mRNA injection against people's will. Why don't we? If we want to go that way, the path is quite clear. If we want to avoid that fate, we've been told. Guys, bring it to me. So when voices like Alex Jones are so dangerous that even his name cannot be spoken, remember that in the Bible itself, the names of pagan leaders exist to this day. The lineage of the Lord Jesus contains prostitutes. That's not hidden. God trusted us to read the whole book to take into account all the context. One entity does not want us to have that context just as he never has. This was never about Alex Jones. The people who are running the censorship campaign, I don't even think they truly understand its ends. Its ends are to try to stop us from taking every thought captive. This is the Todd Herman Show. We certainly appreciate your support. In fact, we depend on it. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and yes, take every thought captive to the Lord.